of the island in a wonderful little village um, where I actually first started teaching yoga uh, when I first came to the island almost six years ago now and this man is a perpetual traveler and he's circumnavigated the world several times but he hasn't always been a healthy person Um, in fact you could say that Cliff has seen the dark side of life on more than one occasion Uh, those are more or less his own words at some point though a realization that you can only get one ride on the carousel led cliff towards what's turned into a lifelong obsession with good food and good health um the man we are talking about is of course cliff gruben who started a juice bar um, up in the north of the island uh, probably one of the very first to ever really get on the health train in that kind of way um, in Ibiza quite a controversial thing almost to have started up on an island such as this um, many many moons ago like he did and he has been a voracious consumer of ideas and he's sort of self-taught himself really and kept uh, abreast of all health and wellness developments through the years um, and particularly the latest research really in many fields especially in food and health so years of thought-provoking experiences eventually led him to put down some roots um, on this island where he opened uh, seduced as I've just mentioned up in Benaras and it was a place where people could kind of go to really and I guess go from retox to detox and kind of maybe um, get themselves a little hangover cure um, if you like and I guess Cliff then decided to take things a little step further um, founding I Purify which is a series of juice um, cleansers designed to promote healing and health Um, and again juice cleansing fasting all of those things were not really something um, that this island had really seen before um, or been that knowledgeable about um, back then so he's kind of like one of the reset rebel pioneers um, and he's now opened this magical cafe called wild beats in santa catrudis which is where today's podcast took place and the recording of and yeah cliff is a fascinating man really i spent uh, a little cheeky hour with him just the other morning um, right after yoga at open space and really had the pleasure of hearing his full story so without further ado i give you cliff rubin of Wild Beats Cafe. Don't go away. So we're here at Wild Beats uh, with today's guest, which is Cliff Gruben of uh, Wild Beats Cafe, which is where we are sitting in the glorious morning sunshine out on his um, lovely terrace. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? Good. Very good. So, I mean, obviously, you know, you've been a resident of this uh, wonderful island that we're lucky enough to call home for quite quite a while now. Um, and I think a lot of people maybe don't know, but you kind of opened up one of the very first um, juice bars on the island um, called Seduced up in Benaras rather a long time ago now. But I do actually still recall coming there and getting a, a, a juice off you back in the day. So I'm kind of wondering how the transition came about really from there 
to here in Santa Catrudas? How the transition came from the juice bar to this. Um, I started the juice bar uh, pretty much uh, just as a way to get nutrients in the body as I uh, was living a little bit of a different life at the moment. So it was just a place from traveling and seeing juice bars that uh, figured this was the ideal place to do it on Benaras. So we opened one juice bar there, which morphed into a cold press juice uh, brand which then due to demand after doing juice cleansing what does one eat after turned into wild beets and what led you to kind of opening up seduced in Benares back in the day and how long ago was that now I think it's 13 14 years ago now um, I think it was 2002 or 2003 um, what led me to a juice bar was uh, throughout traveling around the world juice bars were were my go-to places I thought in those days for nutrients you know it was nutrients in a glass drinking fresh juices uh, always felt like being healthy and even before coming to Ibiza this was an idea I always had a juice a little juice bar someplace would be a great thing to do and um, when I got to Benaras, some friends had a shop down there. And um, there was a little corner uh, in the restaurant that was always empty. And it just looked absolutely ideal spot for a little juice bar. Benaras, in Ibiza, um, next to my friend's uh, shop. And uh, approached the owners. Uh, we shook hands. Two weeks later, there was a juice bar there. Happy days, yeah. I mean, of all the spots in Ibiza to, to have a juice bar, I would say that's probably one of the the prime prime uh, bits of real estate, really, for the for the juice industry because it's got the most spectacular view and the most spectacular sunsets, and of course, there's all that action that goes on there on a Sunday. So, I can imagine you must have been quite busy. Well, back then, no. Back back then, uh, you know, it was early days in Ibiza. There wasn't uh, even juices. Even juices wasn't, um, I guess, West, kind of Northern Europeans knew about juices and supplements, but uh, Spanish people, when you mentioned a juice, uh, they thought of orange juice. That was it. (laughs) That was when you started proposing beetroot and carrot and ginger. They kind of looked at you a bit strange. So in the early days... uh, it wasn't so popular. I mean, it started off Sunday drumming wasn't what it is today. It was still pre-mad uh, Sundays in Benaras drumming. Uh, it still had that freak element, uh, kind of a bunch of misfits banging their drums, and uh, <laughs> and, and it was fantastic. It That's one really, way to describe it. <laughs> the, 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 it, it, it was uh, it was uh, the really Ibiza. And uh, the punch of Miss Pitts banging drums. It was fantastic. It was fantastic, and it was out of rhythm. And it was, you know, some were brilliant at drumming. Others were 
kind of doing the hula hoop. Another was building a little sculpture with rocks. Another one's banging on the back of a garbage can. Another one's playing the beer bottle, you know, and, uh, and it all kind of came together and... Uh, that's what was going on then. It wasn't this tight, uniformed show uh, as, as it's become. It certainly doesn't look like that when I head down there on a Sunday, which is not a, a regular thing, but when I do, it does look quite wild and frenzied and like unplanned. But, um, yeah, I can imagine as these things kind of morph into fruition, they often, yeah, take on a whole different form entirely. So I'm sure it is a more polished thing. And I know that, you know, obviously Trace Harris had a part in that one of the... Um, drummers that are quite popular on this island that I see down there a lot but you know when it was like a little bit more wild and um, you know unplanned is that when you kind of appreciated it most? I think that's when I appreciated it most uh, it was smaller I mean I remember it it was Benares was the first beach I went to when I arrived in Ibiza the first time uh, ended up at a party uh, up at Camp Punta and after the party we're told this is where we all go and went down to Benaras and this is uh, early 90s, 92, 91 and uh, so it, it, has a, it has a special place uh, in, in my memories of, uh, of a little less organized and a little bit more freakish Freakish, I love this word yeah, no, there's definitely a lot of disorganised uh, parties that pop up on this island, there's no doubt about that. Some are, are more successful and enjoyable than others. Um, but, you know, I think Benaras, in, in terms of um, building a business there, I mean, it was obviously a cracking idea, but obviously you have transitioned and, and created that um, magic here in Santa Catrudis, which we'll get onto in, in a little while, but you're obviously not, you know, you're not born and bred in Ibiza. So where are you from originally? Originally from New York. Mm-hmm. She's from New York and left uh, left in my early 20s, about 23 or so. Um, decided that's it. I've had it. Ronald Reagan was president. I thought it couldn't get any worse. It has. Um, <laughs> Let's not go into that. Uh, <laughs> Let's yeah, not yeah, kill yeah, people other, on this podcast. A whole other subject. I mean, mind you, it's a whole other subject, but it's the same subject. Uh, yeah, so I sold everything I had and uh, and I left. And it took off, decided uh, what I thought then, I'm just going to go as far away as I could. Mm. And uh, took off travelling. So where did you sort of end up along the way? Did you live anywhere for as long as you've lived here along the way? Or was this like the final point? You were like, I need a home, I'm going to stay in Ibiza, this is it. Well, this was it. I mean, I came here, I've been here, uh, this is long, the longest I've lived anywhere in my life. I mean, including uh, including New York. I mean, I... Uh, I bounced around the States before leaving anyway, so New York um, was one of those places I lived, but Ibiza's where I've lived the longest out of anywhere. And how long have you been here? Uh, here I came, um, it's 16 years, yeah, 16 years I think it is now, um, 16, 17 years possibly. So what is it that keeps you here on this island rather than any of the other places that you visited and travel? What's the one thing that kind of, you know, makes you want to stay? Love. Love. <laughs> Met a wonderful woman and uh, that's why I'm here. Oh, that's a very, very good reason indeed. Sure. I mean, we, we, we actually met and, and I think both of us kind of bonded over this idea that we were going to leave. 
because she's grown up here. She's been here since the 70s. And we spoke about leaving and where would we go. And that was our initial conversation. And then we've since rooted each other here. So um, here I am. That's very sweet. And where did you meet? Um, We met, uh, met at a New Year's party, friends party years ago <laughs> so you rooted each other here in in your kind of in through your work or just obviously with just together no we uh, from the idea that uh, I was going to leave and she was thinking of leaving uh, somehow that changed into moving in together that <laughs> developed into uh, starting this cold pressed juice line so taking on another rent, which also kind of puts down more roots, which then became Wild Beats, which is more roots. And um, next thing you know, you're here. And you've got a big fat business and you're not going anywhere. And you're not going anywhere. <laughs> and uh, too many responsibilities and the thought of running away um, kind of uh, sits on the sidelines. But do you think falling in love with each other maybe made you fall back in love with the island because if you were thinking about leaving maybe there was a new filter that came over the lens that kind of you know made you just want to stay instead I have a I have a varied relationship with the island um, don't we all darling yeah uh, <laughs> there's parts of me that absolutely love it and where things are where things perceived to be going sometimes um, is less uh, less. Th- I, I like the I like some of the older aspects of it, um, which at the same time, the way it's changed has helped business. So it's kind of this uh, it's this paradox. Swings and roundabouts. Going. Sure. Yeah. So it's it's really it's difficult sometimes to reconcile in my head, um, but uh, sometimes I'm pulled away and just look for more diversity and. And, uh, you know, much more culture. I hear it's void of, uh, of culture. And, I mean, it has the island culture and it has a, a lot of old history, but it's club culture. There's not a, there's not a, a lot to sometimes feed that part um, that I miss. But, yeah, I mean, I can agree more and particularly... Um sort of in the winter really I guess you know there's there's maybe less going on here but there are these little pockets of culture there's like little art galleries and you've got these wonderful little kind of um yeah secret kind of goings on I guess in people's houses that um you know one has to be I guess in the know and well connected to lots of different groups to kind of find out about but I have to say yeah obviously coming from living in New York or I was in London before here and yeah there are definitely elements that are null and void here which sometimes makes you feel a bit hungry for that but then you can just get on a plane and pop out and pop back again. That's what we do. Come back fully, uh, fully full. Yeah. No, I think sometimes you have to get away. Barcelona's close, so you could pop over to Barcelona, go to London, Berlin. There are cities close by just to go feed that part. And then come back and enjoy this beautiful nature. Yeah. Well, that's yeah my number one reason for being here is I the nature for us. sure. It's, um... So, I mean... I read on your biog that it sort of says that, you know, you've seen the sort of dark side of life. Now, I'm intrigued. It doesn't really specify on your website particularly what that dark side might be. And I don't know if you feel 
ready to share that with us, but it sounds like maybe you've had some sort of health issues in the past that led you here to doing this juicing business? or uh, Health issues, uh, yeah. li- li- lifestyle issues. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I haven't always lived the healthiest existence. Um, I, uh, I lived a very, very hedonistic lifestyle um, while traveling, I think, as a lot of travelers in those days uh, did. You know, in the kind of late 80s out in Thailand when when the whole uh, kind of uh, acid house movement had spread to Kopangang was was kind of was there in the in the beginning of that with all our friends so all these kind of trance parties sitting underneath the palm trees and taking copious amounts of drugs and uh, <laughs> and kind of uh, it, well expanding our minds um, this was very much part of my existence and it stayed that way but you obviously don't regret that part of your life if it's like expanded your mind. And like I'm talking, maybe you're talking about psychedelics or that part. I'm talking about psychedelics, but uh, through that, I mean, I, 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 I was a, uh, I was a believer in everything. So psychedelics is one side of it, but then uh, embraced every, 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 everything that was out there. You know, I. Uh, Seduced in a whole different way. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I didn't really differentiate. I mean, I was the yes man. Just uh, sure, I'll have that. <laughs> I think that's a good thing. Sometimes, like being the no man, is quite boring and very limiting. But you know, there's got to be a shutdown period or point in that whole yes man world, which you've obviously reached coming to Ibiza. Well, I reached coming to Ibiza. I I came here not with this idea to be healthy and and uh, live this clean lifestyle here. I came to Ibiza because it was, I got tired of being Asia, being in Asia and Africa after 17, 18 years and thought I wanted a foothold in Europe. I, uh, I had been raising my daughter at that point on my own and uh, needed to put her in school. So wasn't really an option go back to America just because I left and had no intention to return and uh, came to Europe and Ibiza was Europe but sort of on the fringes of Europe it, it, it was Europe because we're in Spain but it still had the outlaw feel to it it still had that all the characters it still had the poets and writers and artists and criminals and you know drug dealers and partiers and socialites and it had just that whole mix of everybody kind of thrown into kind of one place which I was used to traveling so as much as I was back in Europe I was still on the fringes and you could still drive drunk here back in those days well, I think there's still quite a few people having a bit of a no, go at that. Let, let's, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, there's still definitely a few of them. But you didn't, you didn't have too many problems. You could drive drunk and the police would uh, stop you and uh, maybe tell you, uh, get out, walk home. You know, it, was a, it was a different day. Not charge you 500 euros and uh, march you to a cash point, which has happened to many of my friends. Yes. 
it's, it's definitely yeah it, that whole side of things has definitely turned into a, a money-making theme from yeah well from the tourists really and I guess the people that do come here and they do get involved in that whole scene and I guess the penalty for that is cold hard cash it's like if you're going to come here and not respect the system which you know happens a lot then 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 I guess that is uh, part of how things work here these days so yeah things have tightened up a little bit but I would still say compared to anywhere else in Europe there is a certain element of this outlaw existence that still is is prevalent yeah no there still is there still is it's it's uh, mind you a lot of licenses get taken away now a lot of court cases go on so it's slowly coming more in line with everywhere else but I would still say we're still a long way off that, in my humble opinion, but... No, maybe. <laughs> so, why I named this podcast The Reset Rebel is, like, people come to this island, they are kind of more into the party side of life, that's how they discover it, often. And then they reset themselves, their path in life, and they kind of rediscover a new way to be, or they kind of want to share something, or get into a slightly less hedonistic lifestyle. And that's obviously clearly what you've done, from what you've just told us. It's interesting, like, what, what kind of turned your attention I suppose to running this incredible vegan cafe which you know is very popular you know it's absolutely ramadan this morning I turned up could barely get a table so it's obviously working and it's you know your little baby that you've created and transitioned from seduced in Benaras to to opening up a whole beautiful restaurant with raw food and you know vegan plant-based health on offer and your cleansing program I purify so it just fascinates me you know as you've said you kind of met the love of your life and your daughter needed school and you wanted to stay but what kind of really was the kind of real turning point where you were like I just want to create something that makes people feel amazing I think it's been more of a process than a, a, a goal you know my my process has kind of taken me brought me to the island it, I started the juice bar with this idea as a balance, putting nutrients while you could still, well, you were still partying. So mm-hmm. we had all the superfoods, and you know, and I was in those days bringing them back from this uh, from the states when I go visit family, just because you couldn't buy them in Spain. So in- initially, it was just a slight balance to to partying, mm-hmm. and. While investigating doing a juice bar in Benaras, I was investigating doing using the best possible juicer you could. And through that, I came across a juicer called the Norwalk Press, which, uh, which had been part of a Gerson therapy. And Gerson therapy was... Uh, it's named after Dr. Max Gerson, who has a website, gerson.org. And he was a raw foodist and believed he could treat different people with various illnesses with raw food and juice therapy. Mm-hmm. So initially, I thought, I'm going to put that juicer on the beach. And when I researched it a little bit more, I realized this is the slowest juicer in the world. If you're going to be on a busy beach, do not get that one. It's not for you. So I set up the juice bar with the standard juicers and blenders that could handle a little bit higher volume. And, you know, my transitioning also from manning my own juice bar in the beginning days, drinking beer, 
um, slowly, I guess, I crashed and burned on the island. Uh, I got a little bit of a wake-up call. Uh, I, uh, I entered recovery, you know, and basically transitioned from a very alcohol and drug-fueled existence to, um, to a clean life. And the beer stopped, you know, the juices became a, a vital part of uh, my existence then. Uh, and then, you know, how to cleanse the body, I started to look into this Gerson therapy a little bit more and learning a lot more about how that works and how it affects the bodies. And it was around the same time that I started to read articles about a couple of people in New York who had started up a company called Blueprint. And they, I believe, are the first uh, cold-pressed juice company um, in the States offering these juice cleanses. Um, and they were using these Norwalk juice presses. So... I had this uh, flash, this is what I'm going to do. I, I wanted to do juice cleansing myself. This is fantastic. So I got one of these originally and started pr to produce the juice cleanses at the beach. When we'd close the juice bar at night, we, we offered the juice cleanses to, to people as following the model that was created by Blueprint, but Gerson therapy which used it which explained things a lot better so I kind of uh, went between the two to make a sort of commercialized version that adheres towards Gerson therapy and this was the transition from the juice bar into the cold press juicing and cleansing which was my process as well from there people started to do the juice cleanses um, the, the popularity rose. We had to move the operation from the beach, producing these uh, juices at the beach uh, in the middle of the night. When we close at 10 o'clock, we produce them through the night and bottle them up, run and deliver them uh, first thing in the morning, open the juice bar again. So it was this 24-hour operation. And we took another building in Santulalia, dedicated just to juice cleansing and... Uh, and started to kind of distribute all around the island and people's questions and mine as well okay you're doing a juice cleanse uh, what do you eat after how, do, how does one eat this idea of cleansing the body of toxins which is also it's a very loosely used term um, what, what, what does one eat and uh, from there the idea came well what does one eat um, wild beets um, again there was a long process through different diets that I've done over the years I think I've tried everything you know I've kind of uh, lived off of just fruit I've kind of uh, done raw food in the past uh, uh, wild beets is a vegan restaurant uh, I kind of uh, early days when I was traveling in Africa, I was uh, I was vegetarian and uh, and primarily almost almost vegan when I was very young, and got to Africa and realized 
well, this is this isn't going to work when the only food in the middle of the desert is uh, is camel, and you start to see a different you see a different relationship to meat than that that existed in the West. Um, so I went through a long period of eating meat as well uh, and, and eating, uh, you know, and becoming a pescatarian and a flexitarian, trying this and back to vegetarianism. And, and wild beets kind of has, has been my journey because it is, I've gone from uh, partying to juicing from meat to plant-based to raw out of raw you know looking for an ideal way to nourish my body without a, without detrimentally affecting the planet and uh, it's been it's been a long journey sounds like an amazing journey oh, it's been a great journey it's been a great journey I mean, it sounds like the pinball wizard in terms of, like, most women, of course, have tried every diet. I'm not saying your, yours, yours has been a dietary thing. To a degree it has, but obviously, you know, primarily women tend to focus on one type of way of eating or another, wanting to lose weight. Now, yours has clearly been from a slightly different perspective of health and wealth and wellness, which is amazing. But, I, you know, how are you, you... You must be purely vegan now, I assume, having this restaurant. So is that from, obviously, wanting to limit, limit your damage um, on the planet and, and lead more of a... Setting an example, I suppose, to, obviously, the customers that come here and walking your walk, so to speak, which is quite a rare thing on this island. And how does it feel now to be kind of living that, you know, quite clear path for yourself? You're not wobbling, you're not going back to this or that or, you know, filtering in different, uh, you know parties or you know kind of mixing and matching things you're definitely walking that walk of leading a vegan plant-based lifestyle how are you feeling now i mean health health wise i feel excellent um, i never i mean i was one i could eat anything i mean back in the day when i was uh, when i was eating everything i hadn't gone through diets thinking that uh i want to lose weight i i i, I, I i've never i mean i i literally can't eat Everything I, mean, I could survive on probably sugar, and I, I, I might still I might still kind of physically look okay and not put on any weight. Um, so mine was more of you know it was a, a mental thing. I uh, you know I get fixated on the more the nutrient side of of a different diet. Oh, this one's going to be good for me. And no, oh, this one's going to be better for me. And it's been through the process over the years. I mean, I've had a, uh, a voracious appetite for studying nutrition. So this has been my journey through the different diets has been, okay, this paleo diet is, is the way. And this, uh, now the Mediterranean diet and this is th this way of eating plant-based is the best raw foods. Now the best. Um, and I've kind of, kind of thrown out almost all the, all of the above now, uh, Wild Beats is a vegan restaurant, but veganism to me is more an ideology. Um, it, it's, it's a way of living less than, say, a diet. I mean, I have on the wall outside plant-based restaurant because it's a plant-based restaurant. That, to me, kind of dictates the, the diet, that, the type of food we serve here. 
um, I shied away from using the word vegan for so long just as not to scare a lot of people because the 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 idea people have of vegan um, people just I mean it's been kind of overcooked brown rice and like mushy vegetables spooned on top and it's not really going to taste very good it's going to be bland and they don't really they don't really want it and uh, so I shied away from that just so that plant-based food can taste amazing I mean I've gone went through went through like a chef training with Matthew Kenny uh, in raw food uh, to 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 adapt kind of uh, a whole raw food element into the restaurant um, but I'm not strictly a raw foodist as well um, I, I, I love certain elements of it and I think raw food in some ways is some people love it and their bodies thrive on it other people don't I think along the along the way you have to find what works for you I think being well opening a vegan a vegan restaurant on an island like this you know is quite a bold move in some ways because when it actually opened there weren't really any or many other vegan establishments here in Ibiza I don't know if there was any um, I think even when I opened still had honey here still had a uh, milk um, for you know just as people were coming in I think the idea to open and say I have no milk and honey I, I was scared I was scared I just thought oh I'm, I, I won't survive and uh, I, I, I had those items still on the menu bee, had bee pollen um, and uh, over, over time decided you know yeah, it's just time. It's time just to scrap all animal products completely. I mean, I don't, uh, I don't, uh, I don't eat any, so I don't need to serve any. And besides, the almond milk uh, that we make uh, is uh, is as good as any animal-based milk that there's out there. I mean, recent times, obviously, you know, veganism has become much more popular. It's, it's massive now. It's very trendy to be vegan as well. I mean, and there's a good joke that said, how do you know a vegan's a vegan? Because basically they usually do tell you within about five minutes of meeting them. And, you know, that's not a bad thing. That's a beautiful, amazing, great, great thing for the planet, as we've just discussed. And I interviewed Daniel Pinchbeck not so long ago about... Um, yeah, his new book, How Soon Is Now? And, it, it, you know, it's exactly about that. I mean, how are we going to support this kind of, you know, planetary consciousness and, and creating a, a more well place for us all to live where we're all actually putting something back and not just ignoring this whacking great big issue that is the problem of actually eating quite a lot of meat and obviously using plastics and all of that other stuff besides. So, you know, what you're doing here really is definitely putting something back into the island, which is quite rare for a business in Ibiza. Thank you. Lastly, I mean, I just feel like the cafe, the branding, it's, it's quite difficult to launch something that is a success in Ibiza. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that just kind of think, like, how has he done that? You know, that's a really amazing thing that you have created from, you know, and from a place of love and passion. And it's obviously made you feel better and more well working with a product like this or a business like this because obviously you're consuming the output which is never going to be a bad thing for a place like this but you know what are the kind of struggles or the things that you've come up against kind of launching Wild Beats if you don't mind sharing because I'm sure there's a lot of people that would love to know with this gas man with his copious amounts of bottles in the background rattling away I thought he was actually lifting a manhole cover or something but it's actually not it's it's okay it's just it's just bottles 
I don't know if it's, I mean, struggles. I mean, it's, I guess, any business, uh, you have your struggles. I've done this more out of, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm not a restaurateur. I've never, uh, I've never had a restaurant before. Uh, I never had a juice bar before I had a juice bar. Uh, I never opened a, 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 opened a brand of juices or I, I didn't do any of this stuff. I, I, I designed jewelry for a lot of years and um, got, into, got involved in uh, lots of other antics. But, uh, you know, I, I kind of consider myself a, an accidental restaurateur. I've sort of fallen into this. Um, and what we do here, you know, kind of keep a very strict line um, and, and, and adhere to it. Um, my, my feeling is that, I mean, it's got to be plant-based. It, it's got to be nutritious. You know, if it's not nutritious and, you know, there, there's very few things that we have. I mean, there's the odd little thing we have. I think the truffle balls that we have that people find quite addictive. I mean, still, it's raw cacao. It's, uh, it's carob. It's uh, uh, coconut oil. There's... Um, it's a rice syrup sweetener that we're using in it. We try, but still it, it has nutrients in it with the raw cacao and, and the coconut oil and the, and, the, and the carob. So everything, I feel, has to have nutrients in it. Everything has to be plant-based. And if we can put more nutrients in it, we do. It's this idea of just trying to deliver goodness. So... If you keep a, a strict line and you do something out of love and something with integrity, you know, hopefully it, it gets recognized. I mean, as we spoke before, I'm not, uh, I, I believe less about promoting wild beets than uh, attracting people to it. I think the food, the food we try to let speak for itself. I don't swoon around the restaurant and welcome everybody to the restaurant because I'm not, I'm not the biggest people person that there is. I'm quite reluctant to do interviews, as you, uh, <laughs> as I discovered earlier. As you discovered earlier, <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm happier hiding in the back and you know let the restaurant speak for itself. Let the people who work here kind of be the face of the restaurant uh you know i think if we deliver really good service um which which is, which is an issue on the island uh, trying to find workers and so forth if you deliver uh, a good service if you deliver a good product if you make people feel welcome i mean they'll come back and i think the business business will thrive i think if you promote yourself and promote yourself and you know and what you're promoting you don't really back it up with anything. I think um, it's kind of hard to develop a brand. And brand is such a such kind of an in term these days. This brand, that brand. Um, but I, I didn't set this up to develop a brand. Um, as you can see, you've mentioned Sejuiced, which is completely different name. I purify, completely different name. Wild beats, different name. I was told really quickly. Why did you do it all like that? You should have had it all under one brand. I did it wrong. I've learned all along the all along the way that, you know, I, I just I kind of it's been my journey. 
Well, exactly. You just learn so much along the way. And if that was never your kind of main intention when you set all of this up to be this big brand and like earn, you know, millions and millions on the island and, you know, globalise it and franchise it and sell it off to, you know, the next uh, very rich person that arrives on this island, which I think is the main name of the game of many other businesses here. Mm. Uh, it's nice to see that you have just kind of done it from a place of, yeah, very different intention entirely, which... Um, clearly does speak through the food in my humble opinion and lots of other things besides but I'm interested also about your cleanse you know the eye purify program because you must have a lot of people retoxing detoxing and coming to you for that you know prime purpose I mean I've thought about coming here a few times this summer but in the peak of my crazy busy work life I was a bit stressed and when I'm stressed I do turn to food as a comfort and there was a phase where I was like god I need to just get out of this habitual kind of like overeating sugary things and too much coffee and whatnot I wanted to come and do a cleanse, but I couldn't quite find a gap. I'm sure a lot of people say to you, in the diary where I could sort of take five days off of, you know, any of these kind of social things that I had going on. But I feel like there must be a lot of people that come to you for that healing, really, through through the juice cleanse to try and sort of get themselves back on a, a more healthy track and how you feel about that retox detox thing that must be going on because Ibiza is one of those places do you want to shuffle up out of the sun sorry, slightly sorry. come a little bit closer Cliff you're going to go off the bench <laughs> all the better to hear you with um, well listen re- retox detox it seems to be a theme of the island um, I, I think uh, if, it, if it works for you just keep doing it I, I have no judgment on it whatsoever uh, it's not my way anymore. I, I did it for years. I, uh, I detox, retox, detox, retox. I, I you know, it was, it was my life, you know. And uh, if that's what people do, that's great. I mean, we, we we do we do these juice cleanses. I didn't set these up as a way for people running out partying and thinking okay no I'm going to get healthy and you know feeling uh, feeling like they've overindulged a little bit and uh, you know they wake up on Monday morning and oh my god what have I done and oh, I'm going to go do a cleanse and uh, I, did, I, didn't, I didn't really set up I Purify as that um, the cleanse program follows follows Gerson therapy which was uh, as his idea was, you know, cleansing the body of uh, cleansing the body by flooding it with uh, loads of nutrients at the same time of basically stopping the digestive system. So the juices are made without any fiber in them. Uh, they're they're filtered in such a way you strip out all the fiber, and you're left with kind of pure plant blood so to speak and with with this influx of of nutrients your body has extra energy to assist in the purging process Um, this coupled together with um, coffee solution enemas and uh, uh, dry skin brushing is just as a way to really you know, to rid the body of impurities, but just doing a cleanse just doesn't do it. I mean, the whole idea of doing a cleanse, to me, really, it, aptly for the name of your podcast, it resets, it resets the body's focus as well when it comes to food. When you do a cleanse and you flood it with, with just raw, plant juice 
I mean, you, 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 your, your, your attention after you finish the cleanse, you notice the plants, you notice the vegetables. When you turn and look at a loaf of bread, you do see that they're dead calories. The brown foods, the beige All ones. All the brown beige <laughs> foods. Um, they, they, they don't look so exciting. That, I mean, some people might disagree. That pizza, you know, just really doesn't do it anymore. The, the, the croissant, it's not really so interesting. The apple looks good or the tomato looks all right. You know, you start, you, you, your focus starts to starts to change and it's kind of more of an introduction into adjusting your diet rather than because again it's very controversial this idea of cleansing the body um, and I could speak for hours just about that um, but the purpose of cleansing is okay maybe now you slowly start shifting your diet to a, to a kinder gentler diet for your system something that gives you nutrients and sort of with that I think that changes that begins everything sort of it starts in our gut um, and it sort of filters out from there and I think it goes everywhere then I think that's fascinating because obviously the, the sort of traditional Spanish breakfast in Ibiza is like a tostada and a cortado together and it's like, you know, this like, and then maybe an orange juice thrown into the mix. That's your standard kind of breakfast menu, set menu, or whatever, in a lot of establishments around these parts. And it's just like, oh, the that's idea terrible. of that disgusting combo of like, you know, gluten, caffeine, the acidity of the orange juice thrown into the mix as well. I mean, that for me would have me, you know, on the floor basically in agony. I really wouldn't be well after that. But you know, there's just you do wonder about the gut health of a lot of people, the locals. But it doesn't seem to affect them. And I sometimes wonder about that kind of concept of, you know, is it more of a mental thing when you don't have kind of these, you know, this knowledge, I guess, guess that we're more privy to somehow because we've done a bit more research, whatever. Or, you know, it's been something that we've suffered from somewhere along the line and we've actually had to change our diets to to get healthy. But it feels like, you know, there's a lot of Spanish people here eating that exact same breakfast every day and not suffering any consequences. So is it is it the knowledge that changes our consciousness, that changes our reaction to it, or what is it? I don't know if it's so much that they're not suffering. Um, I mean, a lot of people say, oh, the Mediterranean diet is the most healthiest. I think when you look back over previous generations, especially when there wasn't such this extreme introduction of fertilizers and pesticides, and even if they were eating meats and breads and they were less genetically modified, they were, you know, they were cleaner products. Um, You know, people ate and and lived uh, however long they lived I think there are higher incidences of, of diabetes of uh, colorectal cancer there's a lot of gut problems that do go on uh, and, and now and I think the tip of the iceberg it is, is, it's, only, it's only showing now I think it's uh, slowly getting worse uh, this idea that Oh yeah, people uh, people have the worst diet in the world and live to be a hundred. And I think that was more tr- the, the the ones who are hundred now. They were eating. You got to imagine they were eating long time ago. Different 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 uh, types of food. Now what's going in the body has been monstrously changed. Um, 
unrecognizable the vast majority of the diets uh, I mean people open packets to eat you know that's 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 people's diets uh, whereas on this island in particular um, it used to I mean you, you went to the markets you went to the vegetable shop you didn't go to Oroski, Mercadona, you weren't in Little, you weren't in the large supermarkets. You bought fresh produce or you bought, uh, you caught fresh fish or, you know, you, you, you had something that was fresh. That's, that's you know, greatly interesting and I find it very depressing to go into the likes of Oroski or Mercadona or whatever. Sometimes it is just a convenience thing and I'll dash in there and grab something. But, you know, it doesn't turn me on to look at all that you know, vast array of packeted food and all the plastic and all the waste and all the you know, crap, basically, that we're being sold. Or little children wandering around with their mum and there's the sweeties next to the cash till and all that terrible commercialisation that exists that really depresses me to try and get children addicted to sugar. But I think what I would like love to know, and I don't know if you're happy to share it, but just, you know, how much of your produce comes directly from the island? Because obviously that's just, you know... The, the footprint of that is kind of interesting and there's so much amazing produce that's created here. Mm. Well, we, we've, for years, even from when I opened the juice bar, trying to get organic products on the islands has been a journey. Mm. You know, I've, uh, I've worked with so many different people that have promised to deliver uh, fruits and vegetables and they do for a year and then they leave you know they realize wow Ibiza it's a uh, it's a harsh <laughs> a <labor> envi- <laughs> it's a harsh environment to be a farmer mm-hmm. and to try to you know to to grow a variety of vegetables and uh, so people open people close people open people close here we work with we've worked and we continue to work with so many different local farmers that one year they start up and they're our major supplier and the next day by the end of the year they say well we're leaving we're going to palma the next year someone else starts up this year we have uh uh i mean we've been through a few different suppliers i mean it's so hard to get local produce and we get a lot we get a a a huge proportion from the island and then others we still have to get from the mainland i mean we still have to bring it from the mainland uh, as uh, as the rest of the island does i mean it's it's just not here and uh you know there's been a lot of initiatives and a lot of people i mean when somebody is a purveyor on the island of fruits and vegetables and they have organic produce and they can supply it in a restaurant you print a menu out and you say this is what we have and then all of a sudden you know a week later uh everyone comes around and says we can't get you that anymore it kind of throws things into a bit of chaos uh, so so y- you start to look for it where you can I mean, we've gotten better at knowing what products will run out and to try to be more seasonal but it, it's it's hard I mean the reason I'm still so I'm here all the time is just trying to locate all the products that we use and keep them coming in I mean there's a mission (laughs) yeah I mean I I, I fully know myself how unarable the land of Ibiza is it's a harsh environment to grow things here and (laughs) it just simply doesn't work for a lot of products would you like some of my water yes get get you some uh, Catalan's uh, finest 
I go con gas. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, uh, yeah, I've just spoken to a lot of people that have really had a struggle kind of trying to to grow their own, which is, you know, one of the, I guess, the, the main things you can always rely on in this country to grow unendingly is rosemary and all the wonderful herbs that exist here that, of course, make up one of the island's favourite drinks, which is, of course, hierbas. Um, but, you know, I think that the carob, obviously, that you mentioned as well before, and, you know, these are all the things, I guess, that you do um, weave into the menu and into the kind of juices and, you know, products that you, you create. And I, I love the fact that you're also selling the number one rosemary water here, which, of course, is um, quite a popular brand in this restaurant, I'm told. Yes, yeah, no, the, that... that uh, we, we took on a couple of years ago, I think it is, or last year, and, uh, and, and, and people like it. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's a very interesting um, drink. I mean, uh, it, 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 from what I understand, as we don't have alcohol here, I understand it blends even well with alcohol. Um, which is not what we do, but uh, it has uh, it has the rosemary oil itself. Just has lots of uh, curative properties and like what? Um, Educate me, Cliff. Cause well, I've got this no the idea. longevity. This is this is the uh, as as they've spoken about from the blue zones that rosemary is one of the major um, contributors to the age. To, uh, uh, expansion that exists in some of these blue zones especially here um, uh, in the Mediterranean so I think it's uh, being promoted as a uh, it's, it's longevity long life I heard that rosemary oil kind of um, improves the cognitive function slightly or the ability to remember things I don't know if that's true or not but I, I've been drinking a lot of it recently in the vain hope that it's going to bring my brain back to its full capacity I was going to say I forgot <laughs> Oh dear. But yeah, I can, yeah, that must be a, a thing that's kind of um, conducive to perhaps repairing the damage of uh, a previous lifestyle. Sure. Now, this, I mean, we use a lot of other herbs here as well. And uh, I mean, ginkgo biloba and various herbs we, we, we mix in the smoothie. So we, 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 we're big believers in herbs and uh, botanicals uh, in, in, in the food and in our drinks. And, uh, and and the rosemary water just goes, uh, it fits in perfectly with our with our beliefs here. I mean, normal water can get quite boring, actually. And I, as much as I'm a fan of agua con gas, I think, you know, uh, an infused water like that is much better for us than having all this fizz in our, because it's not supposedly good for our digestive system and obviously our teeth and all that kind of stuff as well. But It's, it's my guilty pleasure. The agua con gas, that with a little lime and, uh, you know, I'm rocking out. <laughs> well, you're looking pretty good on it, Cliff, to be fair. And uh, there's, there's worse things to be addicted to in this world. So um, as we all uh, well know on this island being the way it is. And as far as I'm concerned, I think, yeah, you're putting a beautiful thing back into the, the tummies and the mouths of the, of the people that live here. So um, I'm really grateful that you've come and joined us on today's podcast at the Reset Rebel. It's very generous of you to donate your time. So um, thank you so much for joining us. If there's anything else you wanted to add. No, no, thank you very much for coming by. It's been nice, uh, nice speaking with you and getting to know you a bit. Likewise. Well, maybe we'll reconvene at a later date. Okay. Thank you so much for coming on the Reset Rebel podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me.